day to run. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the Shot Side Podcast. I'm your host, Alex. Uh, joined by Matt today. Um, Adam was supposed to join us tonight, but, you know, it's his anniversary with his girlfriend, so I'm sure he's... Um, you know, he's, he's probably got stuff going on tonight, even though we're doing a, a little bit of a later podcast um, after a solid T-Wolves victory. Maybe some would say a little undeserving. If, if you look at the uh, instant replay of LeBron's foot not being on the line, but uh, a crazy game. Um, Matt, your thoughts on watching this Timberwolves-Lakers game in person one day before new year's eve i mean what a way to go into the new year that was a great great dub for the wolves and uh just a great game in general just i mean just as an nba fan too because there's uh quite a few highlight plays throughout the entire game and especially in the fourth quarter some some clutch threes some big dunks some almost clutch threes, but not clutch. <laughs> uh, yeah, rub it in, rub it in. But I mean, I can't uh, be upset I mean, though. Yeah, I mean, either way though, it was it was a fun game to watch. Um, probably the best T Wolves game we've been to this year, I would say. Yeah, I mean, it's this. I mean, you got to put in the Boston Celtics game as well. Yeah, Celtics. Um, honestly, we've we've been blessed this year just with the amount of. I mean, we're fourteen and one at home. Um, it's just been a good homestand for the Wolves all year long. Yeah, and the, the best part about this game, too, is the s- Stars actually played. Because uh, that, yeah. that, that's kind of been a theme throughout the Wolves season a little bit. Just guys deciding to sit out when they come to Minnesota. But, you know, it was LeBron's birthday tonight. You decided to play. Um, <laughs> he had a pretty solid game, especially in the fourth quarter. He had a nice game. Yeah, I AD mean. He had an amazing game. Yeah, like you said, like the stars came out tonight. You mentioned AD, 33 points, 17 boards, 8 assists from him. Uh, also, 6 stocks, uh, 4 steals, 2 blocks. Um, incredible game from AD. Struggled a little bit in the fourth quarter. I, I I wouldn't say struggle. He just, I don't think they were looking for him as much because he had 28 going into that fourth quarter, finished with 5 in the fourth quarter. Um, I think they could have used him a lot more in that fourth quarter, but... Getting back on to what you said, which, I mean, you're 100% right. The Stars were out tonight. LeBron put up another 26.6 assists, had some clutch shots down the stretch. Uh, I mentioned, you know, that foot on the line. Um, definitely could have gotten OT or the Wolves, you know, might have probably had a shot to win the game at the end. Um, and was incredible. He had 31 points. Um, Gobert was good all game long, 13 points, 13 rebounds. And then you got good bench production from Nas Reed, 21 points. I think he had 16 points at halftime. Um, just an incredible game. I mean, one of the moments that I probably looked at, I mean, everybody in the stands were, it was just comedic the way it kind of was going down. But um, when Anthony Edwards was, uh, I believe he had like a little, he had an and one, was it? Or he made a basket and then kind of tweaked his ankle a little bit on that play and then had to check out. Um, and honestly, everybody in the Wolf stands uh, was freaking out, wondering what it was. I know we were. 
and all of a sudden we see him coming back running back out and they go to check him in he just walks back in onto the court and the refs are like nah you gotta you gotta check back out and all of a sudden him and uh troy brown jr who checked in for him started doing rock paper scissors to see who would stay in the game uh i mean troy brown won but then what capped it off was ant walked right back to the scorer's table they're like oh we'll let you back in and then troy brown had to walk off the court after that i mean great comedic moment right there um just so many good moments in this game what was what was your favorite moment matt yeah, I mean that 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 was pretty awesome too. Uh, just that he wasn't hurt. Uh, I mean that was a good thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's it's tough to pick a, a favorite moment because that there was a, a lot of good ones. I I would say one of mine was when uh Ant crossed up a uh, AD for that that tray in the fourth quarter. That was that's pretty nasty. Um, they gave him a little stare down after it too. That that was that was pretty cool. Um. I'd say either that one or or uh, one of uh, Mike Conley's uh, clutch threes in the fourth were probably my my favorite Huge. plays. Um, Mike Conley just one of the most timely three point shooters in the league. Uh, it, it just seems like whenever that the Wolves need a three, he he hits the bucket. Um, so it, it's it's nice to see that. Uh, it's uh, it's nice to see the Wolves just like finish a game down the stretch too, especially against a good team. Uh, even though they did try to choke it away, they were up like seven with like what was it like forty-five seconds left? Something like that. Uh, and something then... like that. And then LeBron got an and one. Jaden got a tech, so they got a four-point play. Um, but... Was that I, that tech was maybe a little unnecessary? I, I, I thought it was a little fast. <laughs> like yes, but especially after just falling out, there's obviously going to be a little bit of emotion. Right, and you know LeBron got one gift there by getting the tech. Uh, couldn't get his second wish though on that three-point play. At that was the craziest sequence, maybe that I've seen in person this year. Of you know, I think we were up. Well, we were up three. We were up three with like probably twenty-nine seconds left in the game, yeah. and you know, as a T Wolves fan, you're like, okay, go down. You're going to waste at least a good solid 20 seconds off the shot clock and, you know, try to get a solid shot. They end up turning the ball over and LeBron has a fast break, pulls it back, hits the dagger. um, And right away, he like everybody looked at the bench like, was that a two or three? They called it a two on the court, reviewed it, came back and called it a two. Um I mean, fans are going to see this all over. They're going to see the picture of, I mean, maybe I'm biased, but it definitely looked like his foot was behind the three-point arc, and that would have tied the game. That was a huge momentum uh, changer in the game, especially late in the game. Um, and I don't know if the T-Wolves would have, I mean, they would have had a chance to win the game, but if that game goes OT, who knows who wins? Yeah, I mean... It's honestly, it's such a tough call because, uh, I mean, especially like in the in the arena, they showed us a terrible view of the call. Uh, I first know. off, I, I can't believe they couldn't show us a good view of it. Um, and then just secondly, it's it's tough to even like make a call like on the court too because like I, I think they had to just stick with the call because it looked like it was so close. Um, 
it, it was kind of surprising that they even like had it ruled as a two on the court. Usually they have it as a three and then review it. Right. And then it ends up being a two. But I mean, either way, it was it was a hell of a shot. I mean, there's no denying that like, he cashed that like that, that money. Yeah. Right, right in Conley's grill too. So um, if if you're LeBron James, do you go to the ref shop and be like, "Hey, it's it's my birthday. Like, give me <laughs> give me this one." <laughs> I, did, I, I mean, if I was LeBron, I'd be doing that. <laughs> did you see what his his post game comments were about it? I didn't see it. Uh, he, he was like saying, some... "He's saying that the the ref that made the call was over there eating a ham sandwich." He said, <laughs> <laughs> "He said I don't, I don't know if he should be the one making the call." It <laughs> <laughs> was funny. Damn. I but, mean, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Just, I mean, absolute hell of a game. I mean, perfect way to end off the year. Um, I mean, there's there's definitely some issues with this. It's a tough loss for the Lakers. They go to 17 and 16. Uh, obviously, we know Minnesota is still first in that Western Conference. But you have to look at the bench on the Lakers. I mean, you could tell Reeves was off this game. We, I mean... We've talked about this before. Like, I mean, this is recent too. Like, Reeves has had some issues with Darvin Ham, the coach. Uh, This has been noted through multiple media sources um, before. And, you know, he posted two, he went two for 11, 0 for 5 from deep, uh, gave you nine points, but really wasn't the same Reeves that we saw in the first matchup against the Wolves, what, maybe a week ago? at this point. Um, and then you had D'Lo play 20 minutes, went one of four, um, didn't really find his groove. Do you think it's time for, maybe not now, but I mean, pretty soon, right? For the Lakers, maybe make a, a move to try to get somebody else to maybe trade away D'Lo, maybe trade away some of these other pieces to get somebody who can fit better with LeBron and Anthony Davis. Yeah, I mean, D'Lo's probably definitely on the move. I, I'm not sure what you'd get for him. Uh, he, and also, he, he left this game too early with an injury. So Right. Um, I guess it depends. I don't think it's anything serious or anything like that. But he clearly just like doesn't really like fit with the team. Um, and, and at the same time, too, like like you were saying about Austin Reeves, like that whole situation is just strange, too. Like... Um, I I have no idea why he's not starting. Like, like he should be their starting point guard in my opinion. Yeah. Um, or and, or at least like a bat, like a secondary point guard to LeBron. Yeah. Well, obviously, like LeBron's gonna have usage, but like he should be like they're like you know just like on the roster as like the starting point guard, and then the two should be Cam Reddish, LeBron should be three, Van Day at four. Uh, I think TP should come off the bench because, um, I mean, he, he, he has been shooting the ball good. I just think he's – that they kind of need that off the bench. It shouldn't be Reeves off the bench. Like, I don't know. It, it's just such a weird rotation. And I feel like Reeves kind of been, like, out of rhythm lately too. Like, even in this game, like, he, his shots weren't falling. And then when he's not getting those little foul calls – when he's uh, fading away every time he goes into the paint, trying for that little floater, yeah. uh, then he just kind of looks silly out there. So <laughs> I I don't know. He, he also is one of those players too that kind of plays with mojo too, where if like things are going good, like he can really catch fire. 
Um, so I, I think hot or um, Darvin. That's right. I was going to call him yeah, Darvin for some reason. Um, Percy Harden. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I, f- I feel like he's got to be better at like coaching or be better at like rotations where yeah. you're utilizing him like the right way and getting the best out of him. Um, Cause the, I think for this Lakers team to go far, uh, they're going to need Reeves playing like he was last year. Cause that Lakers team was a problem, but right. Um, another player too, that has really hasn't impressed me, especially against the wolves has been Hashimura. Like, man, dude, that dude was barbecue chicken on defense tonight. He hit, Anytime somebody got him on him, whether it was Ant, McDaniels, even Kyle Anderson, they said, I'm taking this dude to the rack. Um, <laughs> so I don't know what's going on with him lately, but um, or especially against the Wolves. I guess maybe he's been doing good in other games. but um, Decent, but not nothing special. He's not putting up yeah. numbers he was in the playoffs, for sure. Yeah, I feel like they just need kind of a change, and, and that change will come with trading D'Lo and maybe – it's if I was them, I'd probably trade a young player versus trading a, a pick because they've already traded a lot of their picks. So I'd probably see if I could pair him with like, um, I know Lakers Max fans, Christie. Li- yeah, I know Lakers yeah. fans like Max Christie, but right, um, I, I think they would like a ring better than Max Christie. Um, DMP in this game, so I mean, if, he, if he's not getting you minutes, um, and it's his what third year in the NBA. It's his second year, but um, second year. So, I mean, go. I mean, you got to be able to get him minutes, and if he's not getting minutes, you might as well move him on, especially to preserve. You know what? Like the last two to three, four years that LeBron has left. I also think Cam Reddish. I mean, you could put Austin Reeves in that Cam Reddish spot too. I, you know, he's a good defender, but offensively. It's not going to offer you a whole lot when it comes to shooting the ball, creating an offense, um, that type of deal. But I just don't understand why Reeves is on the bench for them at all. Yeah, I I like uh, Reddish out there more, like or more starting than Torian Prince, just because I feel like it is nice to have a good bench score, and I don't think Reddish is the best scorer. Um, See, I'm, I'm going to be opposite on you with this. I, I I like Torian Prince. He didn't shoot the best in this game. He went 3 of 9, 3 of 6 from 3, though. But I think he offers you some 3-point scoring, which Reddish doesn't always offer you that. Yeah, I'm not saying he doesn't. I'm just saying that they need that off the bench. They don't really have that much scoring off the bench. You can't. Like, Cam Reddish isn't uh, going to score that much off the bench. He's just not that much of a scorer. That's um, true, but consi- I, I feel consistently like wise, but. yeah, but I, f- I feel like that's where that D-low trade could come in. Key is getting you some solid bench players to help out. Yeah, yeah, no, it definitely could. It, and honestly, I, like I, I would probably even try to like uh, I don't even know if like Vanderbilt and uh, AD are the best fit either because Vanderbilt can't shoot. Totally um, agree. And with AD not shooting that much either, like, I don't know. It's sometimes it just allows people to help too, which kind of like takes away from some lanes for guys like 
Hachimura to slash because Hachimura is a pretty good slasher, and obviously LeBron's like the best slasher in the NBA. So, uh, <laughs> like, yeah. you just have to have those slashing lanes for those guys, and then they can kick to the three point line. Um, and that's kind of what they're missing a little bit. Um, I know Vandy's worked on his threes, but uh, let's be real. If you're the defense, you're you're living with a Vandy three. Um, like that, that's a decent defensive possession. If, the, if, well, the, if they, that's they what it comes today, down to. Though. They did today. Oh, for oh, two yeah. from three. I mean, there was, I mean, I'll give some personal insight of what we saw today, but how many times did we see Vanderbilt miss a layup, miss a dunk, um, miss a wide open three? Like that's key points. And then even when like he's getting, you know, easy buckets inside, he had like one drive where he had like LeBron in the corner and you could see LeBron be like, just pass it out on that one. And then, yeah. I mean, there's, there were so many moments in that game where one, like it was one play away from making a good pass for the Lakers to maybe swing this game more than the Timberwolves wanted to and Lakers couldn't get it done. Yeah, they really couldn't. And yeah, just like uh I mean, they even got some like help from some guys that they weren't wouldn't usually to at the end. Like Christian Wood hit two big fourth quarter threes for them surprisingly. Um and like you don't always get that from Christian Wood every game. Sometimes he's non existent. Um, and then they even got, like, a nice big fourth quarter three from AD, too. So, like, I don't yeah, know. This game was, was a lucky three, too. It was, Yeah, it was a lucky three, but it was probably a dis- pretty disappointing loss for the Lakers because um, sure. they did have chances down the stretch. But um, I think the, the biggest difference in this game was just Austin Reeves wasn't that great. Um, and... I don't know. They, they really just didn't have enough firepower, especially with D'Lo going out and D'Lo playing terrible, too. Um, the Wolves just had more firepower, it seemed like, um, especially with Cat playing, like, dog shit, too. Like, uh, like yeah. we still had other guys step up and play good, and that's just something that the Lakers, like, don't have right now. I'll tell you the biggest, biggest difference in this game. Uh, Lakers, 26 bench points on the game. Nas Reed, 21 points off the bench for the Wolves. Um, and then they got six points from Alexander Walker. Uh, Kyle Anderson gave you seven assists, uh, three boards, and four points. Um, I mean, the bench the bench units were complete opposite from both teams. You could, I mean, we saw this all game long. I mean, as soon as LeBron checked out, as soon as AD checked out, it was a lot tougher for the Lakers to get points, and it wasn't the case for their, for Minnesota. They had options other than Cat, other than Anthony Edwards. I know Cat had a you know a tough game. Um, didn't really shoot the ball that much though. Three of seven from the field, uh, one of four from deep. But one of those threes was key in that third quarter when they were kind of struggling to kind of get it you know more manageable for the Wolves. And you know let's. I want to transition a little bit to the Wolves before we move on to a different topic, but I I think the only thing that they're missing on this Wolves team is maybe a backup point guard to help out Conley. We talked about Conley so much, and honestly, a bunch of praise goes out to him because he's been so great this year, facilitating, you know, hitting knockdown shots in clutch moments as well. 
but I, I still think we need a backup point guard other than Kyle Anderson um, to kind of get that secondary unit going. Maybe, you know, we've talked about Tyus Jones, but I, and I'm, I'm going to save this for a different podcast, probably a, a podcast that's coming out after this uh, to talk about more trade stuff uh, for other teams going on in the future. And this is definitely one of them. I think bringing Tyus Jones back to the Timberwolves would be a huge, huge get for them. Um, I'm not sure who they give up. Maybe you have to give up a young player um, to get that. Maybe a second-round pick. Maybe a couple second-round picks. But, I mean, this this Timberwolves team is for real. And I think they're, a, they're definitely a contention team in the Western Conference um, if that first uh, – overall in the western conferences and say that yeah i mean i definitely agree with all those points i think tyus would be a huge answer for us off the bench um of that secondary unit especially because like there are times like <laughs> like kyle anderson's uh good off the bench like i like kyle anderson but there's times where we struggle because he can't shoot um and they completely leave him um whereas like if your backup point guard is somebody like um, Tyus. Tyus can obviously shoot, and he's obviously a good distributor too. So I think that would solve some some spacing issues with the secondary lineup. Um, but uh, just like on the other side of things, it, wh- what do you think is a player, or who do you think would be a player that the Lakers could target that could maybe help them? Probably another, some more shooting. I mean, everybody needs a 3 and D extra player, right? If you're a yeah. contender, um, that's probably one of the main ones they they need. And then, I mean, a guy like Jordan Clarkson, I think if you bring him back as a bench scorer facilitator, um, he's. I feel like his game's totally changed from when he was on the Lakers. Um, I, I think he can give you 20 points in a night, any given night, but he can also be that guy that gets you six, seven assists, which. I mean, he, he's like a D-low, but doesn't have, you know, he's a little bit quicker. He's no, He doesn't have those flaws where he's going to, you know, miss a rotation or not find that wide open pr- player or make a bad pass for a turnover. Um, that could be an option. Um, but I also think like a guy like Caruso, if, if we're going smaller market, not like a DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine type of player, if we're trying to go for somebody that's, a little bit more manageable, uh, you know, bringing Alex Caruso back too is also a good option for them defensively. Um, I just think you need to find more scoring around AD and, and LeBron. Um, Cam Reddish, Vanderbilt, uh, even D'Lo are not providing you the offense that you need off the bench. And then you're also getting, I mean, you're pissing off Austin Reeves as well. Um you got to get him back in the starting lineup. And, you know, honestly, I, if I'd be shocked if come playoff time that he's not in the starting lineup. Yeah, I, I mean, I'd be pretty shocked too. Um, I don't even know why he's on the bench anyways, just to try to steal uh, Nas Reed's six-man of the year award. Uh, is, it's is, not that, is that his goal? <laughs> it's not happening. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I, I like those uh, trade candidates. Um I think Do you have one in mind. Uh, not like specifically. I, I think one player that they could maybe target, like, 
would be like a, a bigger move would be somebody like uh, DeJounte Murray of the Hawks. The Hawks are 12 and 8. Uh, if they fall out of the playoff race, I feel like he could maybe be somebody that they target, good defender, uh, good passer, can score the ball. Um, he's not the best shooter, so I know he doesn't like fit that well shooting wise. But like, if you went back to like uh, Reeves in the starting lineup, that adds shooting, and then you could have like uh, Hachimura at the four instead of uh, um, Vanderbilt, or I mean, even LeBron can play the four and. You can stick with Radish at the three and Reeves at the two. Um, I think well, that it, could... It doesn't matter at all, though, because, like, LeBron can play four on defense, but can play one on offense or two or whatever it is. Uh, yeah, sorry to no. cut you off there, but... Yeah, no, I know. I was just saying, like, a general... Obviously, LeBron can play, like, one through four. Um, but I was just saying, like, if you're worried about like the shooting, I feel like you could take Vanderbilt out of the starting lineup is what I was implying. Right. Um, and I'm, there's multiple options you could do. You could put Hachimura in the starting lineup, keep Reddish or whatever. Um, but I think Murray could maybe be an option if they wanted to go big. Um, but like you said, if they want to go somebody like more mid-level, like Jordan Clarkson wouldn't be bad. Um, I think... Caruso would maybe be one of the best fits, but um, I don't know. Probably the, the, have to give up too much for him, or yeah, maybe the Lakers just don't have a, enough for him. And there's just gonna be a lot of more suitors for him. I feel like true because he's on a smaller contract. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I do like I, I do like that Dejounte Murray point though, because I think that's an excellent point to bring up because. There has been a lot of kind of flux between Trey Young and DeJounte Murray. Like everybody thought bringing DeJounte in would fix all of the defensive problems that Atlanta has. And honestly, that hasn't been the case. And, you know, part of that is on the coaching staff. Part of that's on DeJounte Murray for not being the defensive player that we thought he was in San Antonio. Um Maybe that could be a resurgence if he were to get traded to Lakers. And I think he would be a perfect fit. Not necessarily shooting-wise, because he's never been a great shooter, but he's a great facilitator. Um, definitely an upgrade over D'Lo. Uh, I'm not sure who you're putting in that trade to get him over to L.A., but you, you're probably adding D'Lo. You're probably adding... You know, maybe you're adding JV, Jared Vanderbilt. Maybe you're adding, like, a Jackson Hayes and then, you know, some picks or something. But um, I just think the, the fit overall with DeJounte Murray at the one and then you get, you know, a little bit of shooting with Austin Reeves, LeBron, AD, and then you figure out whoever is going to be that fourth option, um, whether it's Torian Prince, whether it's Cam Reddish, um, or it's more shooting. Maybe they go out and find somebody else, like a Buddy Heald or, you know, somebody that can shoot the ball for them. Yeah. I feel like uh, the, the Pacers are kind of all in, so I don't know if they trade Buddy right. still. Um, I mean, another name, too, like I, I bring him up every single trade talk would be like somebody like Bogdanovich. Uh, if you want, just want a shooter, a straight-up shooter. Which Bogdanovich, Boyan or... Bogdan, Bogdan. I mean, really both of them. Both of them, but also, but mainly the Pistons one just because he'd be a lot easier to get probably. Um, Just because of his age and 
I mean, the Pistons are two and 500, so. Uh, um, three and 29. <laughs> three and 29, so they're not going anywhere. Um, but, I mean, I, the other Bogdanovich is probably on the trade block, too, if if they don't start, like, climbing up the standings a little bit. And he would be a really nice get for a lot of teams. Yes. Scoring-wise, um, yes. Scoring, yeah. I mean, obviously that's why you'd get him is just a score. Right, um, right. And that's why I, I, I do like the other Bogdanoviches because I think he adds a little bit more than just scoring too because um, he, he's a smart player. Not that the other one's not, but uh, he can pass well and stuff like that too. So that's why I feel like he could maybe fit well with the Lakers. Um, and he's better in prob- presence too. Well, yeah, and he's probably more of a good knockdown shooter than anybody they have besides maybe Reeves, too, so. Right, um, right. But, yeah. And what, what's going to hurt? I mean, having only one white dude on your team or two? <laughs> <laughs> Defensively, two is going to hurt, but. <laughs> yeah, two is going to hurt, but at least you'll, I mean, maybe you knock down more shots. I don't know. We'll, we'll have to ask J.J. Redick about that. Yeah. Um, but you know, perfect segue though. I, I I'd love to talk about the Detroit Pistons. I mentioned it on the previous podcast though. Um, I said, hey, it, it'd be it'd be a great story if they won and started off this uh, this new year not having to worry about this losing streak of 28 games losing. Um, and we got our wish. We got our wish. Detroit ends up beating. Toronto Raptors 129 to 127 capturing their third victory <laughs> of the NBA campaign uh, got to credit you know the perseverance of not only head coach Monty Williams but also Kate Kate Cunningham who put up a solid 30 points 12 assists Jalen Duran I believe gave you 18 points 17 rebounds um Bogdanovich, who we just talked about, gave you 19 points, seven boards. I mean, you even got like nice help from Alec Burks, who gave you 16. Kevin Knox, who seems like every NBA fan seems to shit on just because it's Kevin Knox, but he put up 17 points in this game. Um, maybe it's an outlier. I mean, it probably is an outlier, but um, what are your thoughts, Matt? On just this, uh, honestly, just season-changing win for the Detroit Pistons. Yeah, I mean, my biggest takeaway from it is uh, Cade is awesome. Um, and that's been my takeaway from the yes. Pistons the whole year is that Cade's awesome. Um, and they just need to put the pieces around them uh, to make it work because I feel like um, – he's too good of a player to not eventually start like turning things around. He, he honestly, he's not quite to the point where like, uh, Shay was like his, his, uh, like these last couple years. But I, th- I feel like he's getting close to that where he's uh, like on the verge of like breaking out where eventually like everything's going to fall into place for this Pistons team. Um, like once they get like another draft pick, that's like, pretty good kind of like the the, uh thunder got chet um that's what they're missing too is like a a defender that can 
besides Duran, like if they had like a Chad on their team, I feel like the Pistons would be really good. Um, I don't know, obviously Chad's a really yeah. good player, but um, but That's I feel like, like Kit, but a I generational I, player. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like Cade is a really good player, and I feel like he's starting to get to that like early stardom of like somebody like SGA, like. Uh, I feel like they kind of have similar games to a certain extent. SGA is a little bit better at getting to the basket um, and drawing contact to get fouls and stuff like that. Um, and also a little bit more pure shooter at this point in his career. Um, Definitely mid-range, getting to the basket, that type of job. But yeah. I also think they're like their route tree, like career-wise, has been totally different. Like Cade came out into that Detroit system being the number one guy being you know the future franchise player Shea came into that clipper system being just like a rotational maybe it works out type of guy and then he ends up getting traded to okc so i think i mean they have like i like the comparison but it's also a different different type of path they've had yeah well and like that's part of the reason why i feel like Cade's a little bit behind too is because like what was good for Shea is that his second year, he like he was only with the Clippers for one year, and then he got traded uh, to the Thunder. And his first year, is with CP3, one of the best mentors in the yes. game. And I think that's kind of what um, Cade's lacking a little bit is you can see times where he's just not like totally like I don't know like totally engaged, uh, especially on the defensive end. He has a lot of defensive lapses still. Um, whereas Shea's pretty sharp on the deep. Yeah, he's a good defender. Uh, Shea is. Um, I think that's where he can make the most improvements. Like, it's clear that Cade is a good offensive player. Um, I think he's kind of just got to get a little bit better on defense and stuff like that. But um, not to harp too much on Cade. We'll talk a little bit more about the Pistons in general. I just think... uh, I, it's honestly shocking that they lost 28 games straight because, like, this team is not terrible. Like, they have some pieces that are decent. They just uh, no, they I don't were, know. They, they were they were they were tied for second after three games in the NBA season. They were two and one, two and one, yeah. and this came and this team went on a 28 game losing streak. I mean, well, and, and I I think it's bizarre. It, it is bizarre, and I think we're kind of seeing too, like how important Jalen Duren is to them too. Uh, Cause he was out yes. for a little while and they were horrible without Jalen Duren. Uh, like no defense in the paint. You're whatsoever. telling me the James Wiseman trade didn't work out. Like, uh, you know, yeah. Isaiah Stewart playing the center didn't work out. <laughs> These things didn't work out. And it, yeah. Well, and then they're missing shooters too. And like, their, their solution to missing shooters is trading uh, somebody like Sadiq Bey who can shoot for James Wiseman who doesn't do anything. <laughs> smart move. But ride it's the a, bench. A, that was a smart move. Absolutely brilliant. Um, but, I, yeah, I, I think they've kind of just been mismanaged and uh, they're really just like what I would get in the draft for that um, like next year would be just a power forward. That's probably what they could use the most is like a, a solid power forward uh, to go along Jalen Duran. Um, somebody that can play defense. Um, I mean, somebody that would be great. <laughs> that would have been great. I, 
I can't remember where he got picked. I think he got picked a pick before. Would have been Keegan Murray. I mean, he would have been freaking flawless on the the Pistons. Um, yeah, but instead they went with Ivy. Like, an extra three, four wins for them, at least. Yeah, I mean, he just would have fit great with them. I think that's that's kind of what they're missing is somebody like that. Um, but or even like. He obviously he got picked before Jabari Smith would have looked great with them too probably. Yeah. Um, I I, but, just, I feel like the problem is though with that team is like Detroit has always been like a defense first type of team, and yeah, knowing that they don't have the type of defensive players on their team, uh, or I mean just you could just credit it to young players too. They just don't have that same intensity on that side of the ball, which they've always been known for throughout their entire, you know, history of being a franchise. And, you know, you got to find somebody in the draft that fits your profile. And that's, I mean, that's the guys that they decide to pick um, in the draft. And clearly it didn't work out and we've seen some trades already and, we might see even more trades with them going on in the future too, just to find somebody that fits their system. And you gotta also look at what Monty Williams and that coaching staff is doing with the players they already have. I mean, obviously Monty Williams has always been known as a great offensive mind. And I, I just don't know if paying him all that money is really gonna pay off in the long long run with the players they have. Obviously, it's working with Cade, but Cade can't do it by himself. Jalen Duran is a great asset. You're going to keep him, obviously, but you got to find, like you said, like a power forward, small forward type of player in this next draft, or you try to trade for a young player to kind of fix in that middle grouping of your lineup. Yeah, definitely. I think... This team does kind of lack veteran presence, too, because, um, like, yes. that's part of why they're struggling earlier in the year, too, is because their only veteran, pretty much, is Bogdanovich, and he was out for a and, lot of, well, like, and the start of the year. as well. Well, yeah, I mean, but. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, no, I get it. I get uh, it. Not, not terrible, but uh, still, like, it... I feel like it's always good for a team to have, like, solid veteran. Like, just because you've been in the league a while doesn't mean you're a solid veteran for, like, mentor-wise. Like, they, they need to make sure they find a guy that really is good, like, mentorship-wise. Like, I don't even know if Bogdanovich was probably the best mentor either because he's foreign, and I'm not sure how how great his English is. Um, it, no, I mean, it, it's he solid. obviously. He obviously knows English, obviously, but it's like sometimes, like sometimes, some of those guys like don't connect well with guys that like are from like you know like Detroit Chicago? and shit, like <laughs> Chicago and like Harlem and stuff like that, and like like inner city players like that. They just have, they have different like upbringings, so like they don't. Always connect. That's also a coaching thing, though. Like a, the coach has to be able to connect the players with each other like i mean obviously it's on the players to do that themselves but the coaching staff has to also be able to do that with their players to get to put them in the best situations possible 
And honestly, that's why I'm so down on Monty Williams this year when it comes to coaching. I mean, I, we all know he's won a coach of the year award. Um, you know, he's had some great years over the years when it comes to, you know, his years in Phoenix um, and et cetera. But I just think him and his coaching staff this year has been a, a huge disappointment of not only what they paid him to do, but also not being able to bring those guys together after they started off the year two and one and then going on this this absolutely horrific losing streak where I mean you saw it after the post game in this game where bright smiles bright smiles on on Monty Williams and Cade Cunningham's fat face I mean they were it, it's almost face. as if they won <laughs> Yeah, it, it, I mean, it's almost as if they won a championship, honestly. Like, they were so relieved to win this game and to not set a new record and just, I mean, I mean, I mean, we all got the update on our phones from ESPN saying it's the largest losing streak, not only in NBA history, in NFL history, in MLB history, in NHL history, I mean, one of the worst losing streaks that we've seen in our lifetime and anybody else is lifetime. And it's, I mean, it's just incredible that this lasted that long after such a great start to what we thought would be a new revival in this Detroit Pistons franchise. I, I feel like part, a lot of this is on like their ownership too, though, because like yeah. teams like the Rockets and the Magic and the Thunder, all young teams who all have a lot of talented players on their team, did more this offseason to bring in guys that can help like guys like take that next step. Like they brought in guys that set the tone, like Dylan Brooks and Fred Van Fleet that show them how a professional plays. Um and like I mean, just look at it's a night and day difference between last year's Houston's team and this year's Houston team. Um, right. And then you look at look at the Magic. They brought in somebody like Joe Ingles. They brought in um, Mo Wagner last year, who's Franz's brother, to help him guide his younger brother. Like they just made exactly. those moves to like you know like help uh, speed up the process a little bit of these young guys. And I feel like. The Pistons have haven't really fully done that yet. Um, like they brought in Joe Harris, I guess, but uh, I don't know. Uh, there, there's just certain guys that are better leaders too in the NBA, um, and guys that can set the tone too. Like you need a guy that can set the tone defensively. Uh, like, and that's just what something that they don't have. Um, and I, I think I think they could. Um, See, like, too, like, if they're going to make a trade, like, and trade Bogdanovich to, like, the Lakers or something like that, like, the, the one player I'd be really asking for if I was them would be Vanderbilt because I feel like he's one of those players that could help show those guys, like, what the tone is, like, how the defensive intensity that is required to, like, win games in the NBA. I feel like they don't fully, yeah. like, play with that every single game. Um and I'm not saying he like he'd be the only one, but um, just guys like that. Um, 
No, and but it yeah. totally. I mean, no, it. I mean, it totally fits like that Detroit mold where you're trying to get not only veteran presence but also guys that will show up night to night, bring that energy. But I, yeah, I mean, that's like cool. just uh, like another point too, because like you know, like Detroit is you know like known for defense and stuff like that, and that was the same way with Indiana too. So like. If you don't want to go that way of being a good defensive team and you want to go the offensive way, you have to have tons of shooters like uh, so like Indiana. Put up like 126 points a game. Yeah, because then you can get away with not playing defense. Yeah. Um, but they don't have that type of shooting. So you either got to go one way or the other. You can't just sit there like being a bad defensive team and not a good offensive team. So. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I mean, I do think offense, It like if you're like Indiana – um, if you're putting up 121, 126 points a game, it, it will come back to haunt you, though, I think, in the end, because you, you still need to have a solid defensive team. And this is a perfect uh, bridging point into kind of our next topic that we're going to have. But before we get to that, we're going to take a short break and we'll get to the uh, Pacers' next game that was also tonight. Uh, talk a little bit about that and then we'll get into some closing arguments uh, and end the podcast for you but we'll be right back welcome back uh matt pacers end up beating the knicks 140 to 126 um you know knicks were kind of in it all game long until that third quarter uh, I do want to bring up, I, we were talking about some of our prize picks, winnings, and stuff like that. I, I'm not trying to brag or anything, but uh, I, I did make a, a good, good solid 330 bucks today on LeBron's birthday, which uh, I, I got to give praise to him for you know allowing me to uh, not only make some money, but also you know go home happy with a Timberwolves win. We talked about Dante DiVincenzo. You we, you had questions when we were talking about picks. You're like, um, I believe you said his line was around like, what was it, like 12 and a half points? Something yeah, like, like 12 and a half points. Right? Like, yeah. yeah, I think it was like 12 and a half points, 21 and a half like PRAs, points, rebounds, assists. Yeah. 38 points from Dante <laughs> DiVincenzo today. Incredible. In a loss, too, to uh, the Indiana Pacers. But um, how does that make you feel, knowing that, I mean, it, obviously you got rid of R.J. Barrett in that uh, OG on Nobu. I mean, I'll bring it up right now. We can talk about the trade right now if you want to. Um, what are your thoughts on this OJ, OG on Nobu trade? Um Plus, you know, R.J. Barrett going back to Toronto. Um, Isaiah Quickly going to Toronto. And then Mario I believe... Quickly. <laughs> what'd I say? Isaiah Quickly. Isaiah Emmanuel Quickly. My bad. My bad. Um, and then also Toronto getting back... Or, I mean, New York getting back. Um, precious Achua. And then also My Malachi precious. Flynn. <laughs> My Right. So what did you, your thoughts on the trade before we get into this game? Um, 
yeah i mean just uh in general I, to me it honestly kind of seems like uh nothing like super crazy for either way like I, I wouldn't say it makes the knicks like contenders like uh, i wouldn't say they're top three team in the east um with the trade um it does make them better defensively i think um overall but i feel like they might be making one more move too um I just kind of have a hunch that they're going to make another move just because I think they're going to make a move to uh, replace quickly um, off the bench because right, otherwise... It, didn't it seem like it was an early move? Like, we're, we're not even close to the February trade, trade deadline. and Yeah, it seemed it like it was a real like early is, move. Exactly. So, and honestly, I thought... I mean, we were having this conversation not only last year, but the year before on, you know, OG. You could get, what, two, maybe three first-round picks, maybe four first-round picks for him? All yeah. you got was was two players in a second-round pick. Is that a little no, underwhelming I... if you're Toronto? Um, see, I'm kind of undecided on it because I feel like Emmanuel quickly is going to break out on Toronto. Um, so I think, I think that's going to be no, a bigger piece than we think. Yeah. But I'm saying from like New York's side or like from Toronto side, like you could have gotten maybe two first round picks last year and RJ Barrett and Emmanuel quickly. Uh, yep. Yeah, yeah. Potentially you could have, um, I think, um, part of why it's so down is cause OG could just leave this offseason and then the Knicks would be screwed. True. Um, True. But they definitely could have got more last year. I think they could have got those two plus a first round pick at least. Um, like an unprotected first. Um, which could have turned into a decent player because the Knicks had a fairly high pick. So then they, they missed the playoffs last year, didn't they? Uh, no, they made the playoffs. Er, they made the playoffs. They played the. Uh, no, they yeah, played they the, played the Cavs. That's they right. They got the second round. I don't know what I was thinking. The, yeah, that's right. They beat they the Cavs. They almost went to the conference finals if it wasn't for. Uh, <laughs> what was it? The did they miss it the year before? I thought uh, they like the made before, it and then missed it and then made it or something like that. Yes, but but last um, year they. But they beat last the Cavs year first good, round, yeah. second round yeah. they ended up losing, but. Uh, to the but, Eastern Conference final champions, the Miami Heat. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I like the trade for the Knicks. I, I just think they're going to make one more move, and then it, it is a bummer that Mitchell Robinson's out because he was playing. He was having, like, one of his best years uh, before he got hurt. Um, yeah, but your boy Hartenstein's stepping up, though. No, I know. I, I like Hartenstein, but he, he's not the defender that uh, – Mitchell Robinson is. Um, yeah, he's not giving you like 2.7 blocks <laughs> per game. Which, you no, know what's crazy? I mean, you know what's crazy? The what? Knicks are the average the least amount of blocks per game. Really? Yeah, even with Mitch, with Robinson averaging that many. I mean, I think he's like top eight, I believe, in blocks this year. 
Robinson? And yeah, I mean, that would make sense. Yeah. yeah, and yet the Knicks are still, like, bottom of the league in blocks. Yeah, I feel like that could, their guards don't get, like, any blocks. Um, Maybe OG helps that yeah, out. Yeah, I mean, OG definitely helps, especially defensively. He led the league in steals last year, so... Um, definitely helps on that aspect. He's definitely a Tom Thibodeau type of guy. Right. Um, though, see, that my only concern with them is that they lost a lot of scoring off the bench uh, with Quickly. Um, and it, I think I just have a weird hunch that I, I think they're going to go after Jordan Clarkson at the deadline. Wow. Uh, somebody who you were Cold just call. talking about. I, I I mean, I haven't seen anything on it or anything. I just have this weird hunch that they, they're going to... Because I think that's what they're missing now that they lost quickly is somebody that can just be a burner off the bench and get you some buckets and also be a somewhat of an assist guy because I, I think Clarkson's a decent assist guy. Um, but also not be a complete liability on defense because Clarkson... Not the best defender, but he can play defense. He's athletic. Um, so, I mean, maybe not, but uh, I could see that uh, him being a good fit. Um, and then, obviously, like, the Jazz have, like, reason that they would want to trade him away just because uh, their season hasn't looked the way it's they've wanted it to. So, um, but, and yeah. The Knicks, I mean, Knicks still have assets, too, to be able to acquire somebody like a Jordan Clarkson or, you know, that type of six man role player. And, you know, I, I kind of like that fit. Honestly, I know it doesn't fit the Tom Thibodeau scheme, which is strictly, uh, we're just going to play defense and not worry about, I mean, the offense will come second. Um, but having a guy like that come off the bench who is a proven scorer, a proven guy that can get that secondary unit going versus an Emmanuel quickly who you're trying to teach up on the fly uh, when you already have a team that made it to the second round last year. Um, it seems like the Knicks are trying to go for it this year. OG Anubi, I don't know if that's the perfect... I mean, it's a good, it's a solid fit, a, a, per, a good fit for New York and what they like to do. Does it push them over the edge? Probably not. And I'll tell you why. It's it's mainly because, um, I mean, you said it. Like their defense will be really good. I mean, Jalen Brunson's an underrated defender at that point guard position. Um, OG will affect the defense i mean you, you just said i mean top what was he number one in steals last year yeah number one in steals per game right so you're adding a, a solid defender um that can get i mean basically lock down any defender that you're playing against um mitchell robinson when he comes back healthy isaiah hartenstein who's been a good role player uh even with Robinson missing time. Julius Randle's underrated at defense when he actually wants to play defense, um, but also can score the ball. And then you have a bunch of players on that team like, you know, Josh Hart, DiVincenzo, who just put up 30, 38 points today. 
Um, it, it just comes down to that bench unit. A guy like Evan Fournier could be that type of player that they try to move on from. And I, I feel like they've been doing it for trying to do it for do it for a while. And I know Evan probably wants to get moved on. And that's why I, I feel like Evan Fournier could be that type of player that you move on to if you want to get a Jordan Clarkson. If you want to get that secondary scorer off the bench. Yeah, and the thing about uh, the one good thing about Fournier is that his contract is eighteen million, so it's big enough that you can get a right. nice piece. Um, obviously, you have to put stuff with it, like. Uh, but I think they have picks that they can trade. So, if I'm not mistaken, too, they might have all their picks. So, um, they could actually make a decent sized move. It, it could even be bigger than Clarkson too. Um, depending on what's out there. True. They, Obviously, I mean, not Siakam, will... because otherwise they would have. Yeah. Um, well, if you're getting Siakam, you're probably trading Julius Randle, and I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. They also did uh, sign Miles McBride, um, one of their solid point guard slash shooting guards, to a three-year deal. Um see if i can find it i believe it was was it three years for 31 million does that sound right yeah that sounds right but i think adding well not necessarily adding but um maybe getting somebody like mcbride or you know one of these other players to get a little bit more minutes uh i believe he had 17 minutes 18 minutes in this game, put up five points on two of three short shooting. Um, you're going to need to find, if you're New York, you need to find other shooting. And we found out in this game against Indiana. I mean, I mean, they looked strong. I believe they were up by like 11 points in that second quarter. And by the end of the quarter, they were, I mean, only, a, I think they were down at, at the end of the second quarter. And then, um, but I do want to transition to Indiana a little bit. Talked about on the previous podcast, Halliburton going off for 20 assists, zero turnovers, 23 assists this game. Matt, your your thoughts on Halliburton going off for 23 assists, also had another 22-point game, and only two, two turnovers. I mean... Is he an all-star lock-in at this point for a starter? Yeah, I mean, uh, also just to, just to throw on a, a crazy stat, too, about this. Uh, since he just had back-to-back 20-plus assist games, only the third player ever to have back-to-back 20 assist games. That's Can you insane. name the other, other two? Oh, my God. John Stockton? Yeah, uh, I think that that one's a given. Yeah. Yeah, and then Magic Johnson. Yup, Magic's the other one. So I mean, oh, pre- I pretty it. dang, pretty dang rare company. Okay. Um, it's too bad Adam wasn't on, so we could do the lightning round and have that be one of the questions. <laughs> right. Uh, well, we can throw it into the next lightning, and I won't tell him you got it right already. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> just between me and you, just me, you, and the fans, we'll we'll know what it is. <laughs> But, I mean, just 43 assists, 
two turnovers. Unreal. And I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it honestly leaves me speechless a little bit just because, like, it, it is it's leading the wins too. It's not just empty assists. Yes. Um, it's clearly, I mean, they're putting up monster points too. I mean, they scored 140 points today. <laughs> um, so, I yeah, mean, I mean I mentioned it on the last podcast. There's only been two people that have gone over 20 assists this year, both by Halliburton. You want to guess who the next two closest people are? Wait, so you said two people that have gone over 20? Sorry, one person that's gotten over 20 assists, and it's Halliburton. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, there's two people. There's two people that have gotten to 17, which is the next closest. I want to say Jokic. Jokic is one of them. Jokic, and then Jokic I, had four turnovers in that game, but also had 17 assists. Okay. The next person was. I want to say either uh, Luca or Trey. I'm not sure which one. It's probably one of those two, though. It was Luka Doncic, and Luka, Luka okay. had seven turnovers in that game. Jesus. Um, yeah. So if you've been paying attention to the podcast, I did mention it on the last one, but it's. I mean, the, you got. I mean, I talked about all star voting too. Like, you got to vote for your all stars. And if you're an Indiana Pacers fan or even just an NBA fan, like, the stuff that Ty- Tyrese Halliburton's doing um, will be in the history books when it comes to NBA um, stats, when it comes to the stuff that he's doing on the court. I mean, I haven't seen this. Not only can he score the ball whenever he wants, he can put up 30, 35 points a game. He's also getting his players involved on his team. Like he's one of the best teammates, young teammates that I've I've seen in my time of watching NBA. And um, I mean, it's I don't know one person that I've talked to that's been like, oh yeah, I'm not a big fan of Halliburton. He's yeah, he's nothing special. Like. I don't like how he, you know, revolves around this, uh, revolves around this Indiana Pacers team. Like, I've never heard that come out of anybody's mouth, ever. And I think just having a guy like that on your team, and maybe, maybe this does fall a little bit onto Sacramento for trading him for <laughs> Sabonis, and but I mean, he's gonna be. Just like Anthony Edwards, just like some of these young, talented players. I mean, whoever you want to put in, LaMelo Ball, um, whoever your star young player is, this is one guy that is not getting enough credit, and he deserves all the credit in the world. I mean, he is one of the best facilitators uh, to go along with, like Trey Young, Luka Doncic, LeBron James, some of those top players. Like, he is that guy. And he will be that guy for the next five to ten years. Just if, he, I mean, it's not points. He's not just scoring. That's the thing that gets you. It's, it's we always look at players as being these star scores, these you know Kobe, Michael Jordan type players, and he's so far from that. And that's why it, it's such a fresh, a breath of fresh, fresh air to have somebody like Tyrese Halliburton come into the league 
show what he can do for a team and then capitalize on bringing his team along with that. Yeah, I mean, are you just absolutely sick if you're the the, the Kings every time you see Hal Burton drop these numbers? Because, uh, I, I mean, I definitely would be. Just like, I, I know F- Fox is good. I know that Sabonis is giving him some good stuff, but I mean, I'd be sick seeing this. Like, yeah. I mean, if you're a Kings fan, you're like, okay, like, let's light the beam. Like, we got all these new things. Like, we made it to the playoffs for the first time in 18 years. Yeah. Um, like, so many things are going for us. And then you look at what Halliburton's doing, you're like, damn, dude. like, I've had the flu for like two weeks straight. Like, is this why? (laughs) Like, it it feels like that. It's like you have such a good, you know, like one month of 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 a a year. And then all of a sudden you get the flu for two weeks. That's what it feels like. It feels like I hit the I got the flu. Dude, and just just think about it, too. If they would have kept Halliburton with uh, Fox and then they probably could have traded for Miles Turner. And then yeah. a lot of like the fill-in guys, like our guys that they could have signed anyways in free agency, like Obi yeah. Toppin, they could have got uh, Andre Drummond. You yeah, want Andre you want Drummond, somebody that can like, get rebounds? If you want size, like yeah. And, and that's what that's what's so good about Halburn too is that he could have played with Fox, and he doesn't have to be ball dominant to be good. Exactly. Because um, he's just that good of a passer, and he can shoot the lights out too when he has to. Um, Question: How many how many points do you think Fox would put up, knowing that Halliburton's dishing off those assists? Yeah, he's putting what, up 40? an absolute boatload, and, and knowing Fox's speed too, I'm having Fox sprint oh, t- down the court after dude, every rebound. Indiana's <laughs> fucking. I mean, Indiana's number one in pace. Like he, how many how many wide open layups is De'Aaron Fox getting with Halliburton just passing passing it up? Like Kevin Love, <laughs> right? Unreal. You know what's funny too is that that Buddy Heel was part of that trade too, and it's like I know. So he was already in there in Sacramento for him. They just had to trade for Miles Turner, and the team would have been unreal. I mean, it's <laughs> got to be a little frustrating, but I mean, if you're if you're Sacramento, you're just you're like ah, I'm not I'm not trying to dwell in the past. You know, we got a solid big man. You know, you're trying to come up with all these these excuses of why your team's better without them, but yeah, that's it is tough. the the only The only other one <laughs> that would make me maybe a little bit more sick would still be the SGA one. <laughs> that, yeah, but that also was, that was brutal too. It is brutal, but like, you know, the I mean. Clippers are trying to cover that up too. I mean, that's why they're trading for James Harden. That's yeah. why they traded for you know Paul George and brought in Kawhi Leonard and you know got Russell Westbrook. They're, I mean, they're trying to get all these stars to kind of cover up yeah. the faults that they've kind of done through trading. And you know, maybe that's the best point of all is like maybe sometimes trading away some of these young talent isn't the way to go. No, and uh, I mean, also at the same time too. Like sometimes it, they're not gonna break out on the like maybe Halliburton wouldn't have broke out on the Kings, um, even though I mean I, he was really good on the Kings too. Uh, yeah. He just didn't 
<laughs> like, I think they just had to give him another year. Um, That's true. He, Maybe he wasn't the guy. Yeah. Like the main, the main guy. Yeah, and I don't know. It, it does like they definitely did form the entire roster around Halbert, and like they put everything in place. They got they got the dunker with uh, Obi Toppin to add this offseason. They got more shooting. Um, Bruce uh, Brown. Bruce Brown, another defensive player. Um, it really the the only thing the only like uh, knock I'd have about Hal Burton would be his defense, and I think he can become a better defender too, um, just because of his size or his length and stuff too. So I think he can get a little bit better at defense. Um, but at the same time, like I think you just have to surround him with defenders. Uh, OG was actually somebody that I was ho- kind of hoping they would trade for. Um, so but obviously that wasn't Defense the case. is what you're looking for for Indiana? Like three and D guys. I feel like they, they have a lot of three guys, but they don't have enough yeah. D guys. Yeah. Like, Because um, OG is a good shooter. Um, and I, th- they do have some, like obviously like Miles Turner is a good defender. Um, they just need a little bit more like perimeter defense. I, I think that showed in like the the Lakers like game too is like the Lakers were much better defensively than the Pacers were. Um, but at the same, I mean they're, they're a young team too. They're gonna get better. This isn't like the end product of the Pacers. Um, no. It's just just what Halliburton's doing is just special right now, and I think. It just at his young age, it's only going to get better too. Like, um, I mean, yeah, I, I think no. right now he's a lock to be an all-star starter um, at the very least. Totally agree. Totally agree. Um, and I definitely I has my think, vote. And he's got mine too. But I, I do think like a team like Indiana, a team like a lot of these teams that we're going to talk about in the next uh, episode, are going to be buyers, and there's going to be. You know, maybe not a lot of sellers this year because there's, I mean, it's kind of, there's a lot of teams that are kind of in the middle, especially in the Western Conference. Eastern Conference is a little bit different, but different. But um, I think there's going to be a lot of teams that are going to want to be buyers. And Indiana is definitely one of those teams that, like you said, is going to want to get defensive players that can not only shoot the ball, but also, you know, play solid defense to kind of help out that 29th overall defensive rating uh for the indiana pacers but um before we end the podcast i do want to talk about just this next year with uh you know some of our thoughts on what we expect you know what might happen what we hope to happen um maybe some questions for the fans out there but first one i have for you is what is one of the most um, surprising teams that you think will take the biggest leap heading into this next year, maybe making a playoff uh, run. Um, like you mean like continue like this year? Yeah, like, like the this current year, season at least. Yeah, current season going into next year. Well, you know one one team that I think is going to make the playoffs. I, 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 I kind of feel like the Rockets might like low-key make the playoffs. At, they're just, they're just a, a gritty team, and 
they're like right on the border right now. And I think if they can get in the play in, it, it wouldn't shock me if they could win some playing games because they're, they're the type of team that could get hot. Um, and then they play some pretty gritty defense at times. Um, and they, they, I mean, they have a lot of talent. They just aren't always consistent. That That's kind of the problem with some young teams is they're not consistent. Um, they might be a year away still. They, they kind of seem like the Thunder last year. Um, so that that's they who I could... was going to bring up. That's exactly yeah. what I was going to Thunder is my dark horse to possibly make the Western Conference Finals. Even as much as I'm like a Lakers, Minnesota fan, I mean, they're second in the Western Conference. Their offense is deadly when it's on. And then you add in, I mean, they're, I mean, they're top 10 in offensive and defensive rating, top 10 in pace, top 10 in uh, point differential. I mean, everything is pointing towards them being a contender in the West. It's just, can they make that next push? Can they make that next trade? Um I do have confidence in OKC being kind of like they were back when they had KD, Russell Westbrook, and James Harden. Yeah, I mean, it is kind of funny, too. Is like, I, I do feel like they could have, like, multiple MVPs on their team, too, because, like, SGA could maybe be an MVP. And, I mean, this is basically Chet's rookie year. So, like, I mean, crazy. he's... He it, still has. Isn't it like, crazy that it that it's his MV, or rookie year? Yeah, like it feels like he's like a vet almost, because like he was yeah. technically a rookie last year, but since he didn't play, this is his rookie year. Um, I, I mean, man, I I I still do think that they they do need a little bit more size. Um, totally. But right. I I mean, this team is. The Western Conference Finals wouldn't shock me in the least. I think they're going to be a, a tough out in the playoffs. And and not to mention, too, like, OKC can be a tough place to play, like, when they're good. Like, yeah. They're, they're no, fans their, fans, are, their fans are crazy. Are, are, are crazy, yeah. Um, I mean, it's good to see them back up, too, because, like, it, it's probably pretty disheartening to have three MVPs in a row, draft three MVPs. Um, and then have them all leave. But, yeah, I mean, I could definitely see them making it to the conference finals. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, another question that maybe some fans can answer for us, but who is going to be the breakout player for this next year for you um, in terms of maybe scoring, maybe just bringing their team to a playoff, um, you know, run uh, this next year. Who is that type of player that's going to break out? Like break out like more than they already have this year or like continue to break out? Yeah, or maybe just like a player that you maybe we haven't seen this year that maybe could break out or somebody that – I mean, we've already talked about Halliburton. He's already broke out. But um, maybe a player that – or a team that hasn't made to the playoffs in a long time, um, like an OKC uh, Thunder team, like, you know, like a New York team, like maybe Brunson yeah. or 
yeah that, you know that type of deal somebody that like uh i feel like he's kind of like especially lately he's been breaking out is it would be uh franz wagner of the orlando magic um i feel like he's been playing at a really high level lately um and uh, obviously paulo's good but franz has been a big reason why they've been so good um especially lately like he's been shooting the lights out and he's been contributing in a lot of other ways too so i think uh he could be somebody to watch out for like you know like a breakout um nothing like crazy probably but I could see them making the play playoffs and maybe winning a series or two, especially because they have a good defense too, and that can be really helpful in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, just to go through some numbers real quick, uh, just off the top of my head, but 52 points combined over the last two games for Franz Wagner, uh, 28 in his last game on excellent shooting, um, 8 of 14 the game before that. Um, this past game against the New York Knicks was one of his best games, 28 points, um, or I, I mean, 32 points on 11 of 19 shooting nine rebounds. So an excellent player to bring up. And I do believe, you know, like you, like we talked about earlier, like adding a guy like Mo Wagner to your team, his brother, um, giving that continuity to that team where it can kind of include him, not necessarily more in the team, but make him feel more, you know, at ease, more at home with this team. Uh, having your brother on your team can definitely ease some of that uh, tension, especially when you're a top 10 pick. And, you know, it, it's shown off with the Magic. I mean, they're fourth in the East right now. They're 19 and 12. Um, big steps have been made in that Orlando franchise after, I mean, how, how many years has it been? I mean, it's been, I mean, what? Since the Dwight Howard ages? Since they've had a good team? Yeah, I mean, it's probably been at least like five to ten years since they've had a really good team. Right. Um, probably ten years, honestly. <laughs> but... He, it's it's kind of funny too that uh, Franz is so good because um, he was. Uh, I'm pretty sure his pick was a part of the Bulls trade. Like I'm pretty sure he's from the Bulls to them. I believe so. Wasn't he like the seventh like or eighth pick? Seventh or eighth pick. Um, yeah. It's just fu- funny because like he's better than Vooch already. <laughs> like I would take Franz over Vooch. Um, Maybe that's not the comparison. Maybe it's more like uh, Patrick Williams, even though I'm really impressed with Patrick Williams this year. Yeah, I mean, that might not. But it, I'm just saying, like, value-wise, like, he's way yes. more valuable now. Yeah. Um, but that, even just, like, apart, like, not just Franz, like, uh, Suggs has been great this year um, when he's been healthy. Um, and he's been healthy more this year than he was last year. So that that's not, like... I think a lot of people wrote Suggs off like super early, um, and he's actually a really good player, especially defensively. Um, so that's been great for them this year. And then they they haven't really got a ton out of their rookies this year, but Anthony Black has been pretty good at times. Uh, nothing like crazy or anything, but I think he could end up being a good player for them. Um, and then uh, 
Cole Anthony has been playing better this year too. Um, filling in for Markel Fultz while he's been out. Um, it's been Anthony Black starting, but Cole Anthony's got a lot of minutes um, as the backup point guard. Just a veteran presence. Um, yeah, just vet- veteran presence. Um, but I mean, just overall, like I like their intensity too. Like uh, I was watching like a little bit of the the Knicks uh, Orlando game uh, that they just played recently, and just uh, it. You can just see the intensity that they play with too. Like uh, uh, Goga scored on uh, Bronson, and then was mean mugging him down the court, and uh, just sh- showing that like yeah, they might not be the most well-known team, but they're still gonna like play with intensity, and they're gonna um, you know like give you shit when they like play good uh, against you. And I think that's nice to see out of a team and like. That that's what like a team like the Pistons is missing is like you gotta just like kind of like I don't know you can't like back down to teams you gotta like act like you're the the top dog and I think that's kind of what the Magic do. I love seeing that out of young teams. I love seeing teams that have been wronged, not necessarily wronged, but like haven't had that same respect or like in a, in a season. Yeah, yeah. And to be able to show like even even if you're not like a top. 10 player top top 20 player be able to show that toughness for your team um especially when you're going through whether it's ups or downs be able to control your narrative going throughout a season shows a lot about a team and i think not only the fans respect it but also you can see maybe not from a game to game perspective but over the course of a season you'll see the the refs respect that a lot more um and not necessarily give you calls but respect your team versus a team like the pistons the wizards the pelican or not the pelicans but the uh uh hornets the spurs types of teams that not necessarily have that cohesiveness to be able to come together and play as one um i think a team like orlando minnesota okc houston those young teams that have come up from last year um, have definitely shown a lot of things. And I'm definitely looking forward to seeing what they can offer, not only this next year, but going into playoffs um, and further. Um, but uh, I guess my last, qu- my last question for you is, it, I'll give you a two point, two parter. Uh, one, what is what was your favorite moment from this year, and then uh, going forward into next year, what what are you looking forward to? Uh, I don't know. It's tough to have like a singular favorite moment. I'd say that probably I would say Ant's uh, dagger in uh, Aaron Gordon's face was probably my favorite moment from this past year um in the playoffs last year i know we only won one game but i i feel like it kind of showed that like if we were healthy we have a team that's gonna at least like be a tough out in the playoffs and then obviously we backed it up this year by uh having the best record in the west so far um just at from a t-wolves point of view like that's probably my favorite and then just like the NBA in general, I'd probably say, uh, I'd honestly, like, just because he's 
Uh, I'm kind of a big fan of him because uh, he's from Minnesota. Would be Chet balling out has kind of been my f- favorite like long term moment. Um, just throughout the yeah, season, maybe it's his been, eight blocks in a game. Yeah, like, it's just been been cool just to see him ball out. I, like he had that dunk the other other day where he threw it off the backboard to himself. That was pretty sick. That was sick. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's just cool to see him ball out, especially just. That he's from Minnesota, like it's cool to see Minnesota guys ball. Um, but yeah, I'd say those are mine. Um, what would you say? Yeah, I mean, not to get like cliche or a little bit too um, too homey, but I mean, just spending time with you guys, with you and Adam, going to all these. I mean, we got season tickets to the to the Wolves games. Just, I mean, fourteen and one at home it's it's been great to be able to experience uh some winning basketball in minnesota which we haven't seen in a long time and uh i mean a lot of different franchises have probably gone through this maybe not the main ones but uh or, or the big market uh cities but um a little bit change of pace for us and uh we're definitely enjoying it um you can ask any media member you can ask any fan um they'll all say like as you know when you step in minnesota when you step in target center uh the fans definitely get at it and and i mean i'm proud to be a minnesota fan i'm proud to have this fan base be as electric as it has been this year um that's probably the most thing i'm i'm proud of or that i've been gracious of this year and um, going into next year, I, I think um, just you know I'm just excited for the NBA the NBA season this next year. I think it's it's been so cool to see the the NBA uh, tourney that we just had the end season tournament. Um, shout out to LeBron, shout out to the Lakers. Happy <laughs> birthday, LeBron! Uh, you got that uh, you got your championship. Now it's time for the T Wolves to get their championship. But um, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to the unknown of what's going to happen to finish out this season. We've seen a lot of ups and downs and there's going to be a lot of things that, that are going to, you know, be in the way of some of these contenders. Um, and I'm, I'm looking forward to it, but, um, that'll conclude this podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed it. We, I mean, I hope you guys have a, a great new year's, honestly. Um, I know we will, um, I mean, we will have some more stuff coming out, whether it's social media stuff. We, I, I've already posted some stuff on uh, today's game. Uh, we will have some TikToks coming out, some YouTube stuff that will get started this next year, which I'm, I'm really looking forward to. Uh, hopefully, Matt can join me on some of those things, uh, as well as Adam. Um, but, I mean, I hope 2024 is going to be a great year for us as – a podcast and i'm really looking forward to it but uh uh, matt i just want to say thank you for a great you know 2023 when it comes to the podcast yeah i mean thanks for having me on so much Uh, it's been a fun time it's always a learning learning experience um kind of just a little trial and error of what we can do better but um yeah i mean it's been great I can't really complain too much about talking about ball. Nah. Yeah, I mean, when you love something as much as we love basketball, it's 
one of the easiest things to talk about and uh, hopefully in a day we can bring you guys at least a chuckle a smile maybe you agree maybe you disagree but um, we're just trying to give you guys a different perspective of how we see uh, the great game of basketball and uh, more importantly NBA so um, we appreciate you guys for listening to our podcast and uh, we definitely will give you some more content coming 2024. Until next time, guys. Peace out. Peace.